out there, we're on the air, it's hockey night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. Second period, where players dash with skates of flash, the home team trails behind, but they grab the puck and go bursting up and they're down. Welcome back here to X's Bros, Michigan Sports Network. Great to have you riding along with us. Danica Halen, Ryan Elke, Anthony Bellino, all joining you, joining us now. You know the voice, you know the face. Our good buddy, Paul Woods, radio analyst of the Detroit Red Wings. Red Wings Radio Network played for the Wings from 1977 until 1984. Uncle Paul, my friend, how are you? How's life? How are things? Welcome back to the show, my friend. Always a pleasure. Yeah, real good. Everything's good and uh, looking forward to the Stanley Cup Finals getting uh, started tonight. Yeah, game number one tonight. You know, it, Paul, my first question is, is that Colorado's had so much time off now uh, after the way that they handled the Edmonton, um, you know, Edmonton Oilers there, uh, four to nothing. Yep. It's two sweeps this playoff series. Haven't had to play as many games. It's the old debate of rest versus rust. It kind of feels like rest may help you later on in a series, but that rust could definitely be something that is present, especially when taking on a Tampa Bay Lightning team that literally just finished up playing. You're right. You're right on about that. You know, and that's the thing about hockey. I think you know, and and then maybe football degree too. I think the, the physical sports. I think like you get used to uh, the, the the body contact and the grinding, and, and when you don't have that for a long period of time, it takes you a while to sort of get back into that uh, that stage. You know, and I think you saw with Tampa Bay losing the first two games to the Rangers, and then you know getting their gear, finding their gear, and, and be able to come back and and win the last four games. But uh, yeah, that's a point. So that's going to be a problem for Colorado right off the bat. But uh, but they're an outstanding hockey team, and I, and I thought really against Edmonton, like the first game was that high-scoring affair on both sides, and then after that, Colorado changed their game, and they settled down and became much better defensively. So I think they found something out about themselves that uh, they're going to need against Tampa Bay, but uh, on paper, it looks like a very, very exciting Stanley Cup final. I, I think if you're the National Hockey League and you look at the star power that's involved on both teams, I mean, this has got to be, they have to be salivating over this finals and, and to be able to, you know, get, get, their, get their sport, get their game on TNT, to get it on ESPN from a league standpoint. Obviously, the coverage has gone through the roof. It's uh, in nationally speaking, it's more of a talking yep. point, uh, both on radio and on television because the, the big rights holders, they are now invested in the game. So they're going to show it more. I think it's been a great year for hockey. Hockey, a great bounce back year to get back in in the center stage for the game. Like, let's think of let, let's be honest. Professional sports, this is the best trophy available to win is the Stanley Cup. There's no other trophy uh, like it to be able to see the promotion, uh, promotional dollars invested in the coverage invested in the sport. This has just been a win of a year for the National Hockey League. Yeah, you're right on, Anthony. It's it's just it's it's great, you know. And and again, uh, they've done a good uh, job and. Uh, uh, I, I wasn't uh, I wasn't wasn't thrilled with some of the high scoring series and, and the lack of defense in those series, but uh, that Ranger Tampa Bay series was just something else. And you know I just can't uh, say enough with the Tampa Bay Lightning and and the job they've done and the resilience, the perseverance. And again, it's 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 just everybody. It's just not a couple of guys. It's not Hedman and Stanko. It's just, it's the entire team and and how they buy into it. And when you watch that commitment uh, to each other and and the defense and and how hard they play. 
And uh, it's just amazing. I mean, it just uh, you start to actually cheer for teams like that. And, and again, the biggest thing is, Anthony, that it's available for every team. Like, it just takes the commitment. If you think about it, going back three years ago or four years, get stunned by Columbus in the opening round. They were first overall. They lost it in four-game sweep. And then they changed themselves. They became somebody else. And now they've got this feeling, and it's like they, they know they can do it when, it when it's necessary. But it's, uh, it's really something amazing. But I don't, I don't think John Cooper's ever won Coach of the Year in the National Hockey League, and what a job he's done. It, it really is amazing. Just to make it to a Stanley Cup is a feat all in itself. To win one is completely different. To win two in a row back-to-back, incredible. To, to now have an opportunity to win three that is in today's era with the salary cap, the draft, the way that uh, teams in, in free agency and the way that everything is structured now, it's much more competitive across the league. Like this is, this is unheard of for what Tampa Bay has an opportunity to do beginning tonight at 8 o'clock. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's just amazing. And again, uh, you know, the, the commitment of the players of, of, of Tampa Bay. And I heard John Cooper say one thing, too. He said, you know, he said, when our, when our guys are playing, he's saying, and they're not doing something the right way, he said, when they come back to the bench, he said, the problem really isn't there. The problem isn't with me. It's with their teammates. And see, that's the secret to it. When you're self-policed, like when we play a certain way and we hold ourselves up to a certain level and a certain commitment level, if you're not doing it, you're going to have a problem with your teammates. Those are the winning teams. And, and then it's just uh, it's, it's out of your hands. You have to show up and play for your teammates. And then you get this great feeling when you go out there and make these great you know, defensive, uh, selfless plays and to help the team win, and, and no one really talks about it, but yet you're doing it. But you come back to the bench, it's, it's, uh, the players are just like, it's, it's such a reward to, to do that. It becomes contagious, and you want to do it over and over again. You know, and Tom Izzo always talks about, uh, you know, he wants his teams to be uh, player-coached first. He said they, you know, they are kind of along the same lines as John Cooper. When you have, you have to answer to your teammates first, that, that responsibility that is put on there. And, and you, know, you want to make them proud. You want to work hard right for them. It gives you a little extra juice what, every but, shift. Right on, Andy. But the coach has got to set the standard. Like He's got to set what it's going to be. And you know, on the other side, just like John Cooper seemed like this really sort of, you know, nice to get along, easily get along with, whole thing, you know, humorous, you know, good attitude. But then I seen that he was doing that. Nick Paul, the guy who got from Ottawa at the trade deadline, he really, I mean, him and uh, Hagel have just done a good job, and, and what a commitment they made, too. But, but they actually, he's doing an interview, and Cooper comes right off the thing and takes him out of the interview on Hockey Night in Canada and says, come on, we've got to go to the locker room. We got, but he wanted him to hear what was going on in the locker room, and he just stopped the interview right there. And just That was it. But again, it's, the coach sets the structure, and then you're right about the players and having, you know, self-police through the players and stuff, but it's, it's the entire team, but it's the coach that gets it going. I had one good coach in my life in the American League, and, and he was like that. He just he just set the rules, and we had to play a certain way. And we'd be in the, we'd be in the, in the third period with a two-goal lead. He'd h- get the players on the bench and help them say, all right, last five minutes of third period, we're up a couple of goals. They don't even get a shot on goal. Nothing. From this moment on, they don't get a shot. And you'd bear down, and you'd really start to, to defend and just – and they wouldn't, and then we had that year. So when we got in playoff games later in the years, when we had to do it, we knew we could. 
That's a beautiful thing. You know, and the fact that in for for anybody out there who's coaching in 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 youth sports or at the younger levels, you just hearing Paul Woods right now talk about a coach however many years ago the the, the impact that that had, the standard that was set. I hope that uh, anybody who coaches that's listening right now, hopefully you take that uh, with you. Were, were you surprised at all to see Andre Vasilevsky uh, struggle a little bit for the Tampa Bay Lightning those first two games against the Rangers because it caught me really off guard and then they took a 2 nothing lead in game three and I was like, this thing is over. Here's the Tampa Bay. This is the machine that we're used to seeing with the Lightning. Yeah, he's something, you know. And I guess it, I'm on the other side. I'm so shocked when people sort of uh, you know are doubting him a little bit. I heard this one guy on the... When the announcer saying that uh, Shesterkin was the best goalie in the world, I go, uh, I think the last, the other guys won the Stanley Cup in back-to-back years. I think you might want to win something first before you start giving out that award. But uh, Vasilevsky is just uh, something else, and uh, that was amazing. But that was a good pick by Steve Eisman uh, in Tampa Bay. But uh, you know what I mean? In Tampa Bay, too, had this interesting uh, thing this morning. Like, uh, like of other defensemen, only one other defenseman was drafted by the team, and that's Victor Hedman. So all the other defensemen were acquired through trades. Sergeyev from Montreal, but Eisman got these guys and picked them up. Uh, McDonough from the Rangers, Cernak from the LA Kings, but and that top four is just like so good for the New York Rangers, and it's like really in a way it's old style hockey. And again, like they're just, I really believe like that Tampa Lightning team could play in any era in the National Hockey. They're that good offensively and defensively, and what a change for Stankos. I mean, Stankos was just known as a scorer, but all of a sudden now he's become this this everything guy for the Tampa Lightning, and he's. I mean, his legacy is just growing by the day. It really is incredible. I, I said this earlier last week. I'd like to get your thoughts on this, Paul, uh, that the Tampa Bay Lightning remind me very much of the late 90s, early 2000 uh, Detroit Red Wings. I'm not comparing the rosters, just but but the yeah. way that they play, no. it just when I watch them, I, it, it takes me back to my childhood, kind of. You're right on it. Like, back then, those championship teams, the same thing. Like, it's. And it's, it's the same thing in every era. It's just we forget about, you know, the, the early eras, but it's the commitment. But, again, the Rebels team was just so committed. And it wasn't just our, which we had great star players in Lidstrom and Federoff and, and Steve Eisenman, but we had these other guys that were just, like, so tenacious. And, of course, McCarty and Draper and Malpe and Coaster and the list goes on and on, though. That's just the forwards, the defensemen. Like it's, but they were all so committed and all so important to the team and the goalies and Vernon and Osgood and Hoshik. Like, that's what wins is that total team commitment paul woods joining us right now here on x's and bros and i heard a uh i, I heard a com some commentary uh on television about kale mccarr what what are we watching when we when we see this young man how how good is he uh, he's outstanding he's you know and i was uh I, i'm always the last to come, come to the table when it comes to that i want guys really to prove it over a long period of time but uh just outstanding and again just such a great attitude you know i've seen him interviewed now and humble and, and seems like a great teammate, but uh, he is a something else. And, and that pair, really, him and Devin Taves, just outstanding that top pair. I think we're seeing the two best defensemen in the NHL and Victor Hedman and Kale McCarr in this series here. Hedman's just amazing. I mean, really just top end as well. Much bigger than McCarr, but uh, Kale McCarr is just uh, something else. And uh, he really, way he brings that puck up the ice, and, and he's not like he's just, like, just you know, one-dimensional, just good offensively. He's pretty good. Like, they, him and Taves, like I said, the team's top guys, so he gets some tough assignments as, as well, so he's good. And uh, yeah, it, it's a that Colorado team's a great team as well. And I think they've learned things. I think they've improved themselves, and and, and they're much much tighter and better defensively now than they were in years gone by. It's very interesting that Colorado throughout the regular season thirty two five and four 
on home ice. Tampa Bay on the road, twenty four fifteen and two. Uh, so it'll be it'll be very. I think Colorado won both uh, both games. I think they went head to head. I'm pretty sure Colorado uh, got both of them against the the Lightning. So when our fans are watching this, Paul. When, when they turn on the game, because if you're a hockey fan, if you're a Red Wings fan, you're, you're absolutely watching game one. of the. I, I would recommend everybody watch it, even if you're, hockey isn't your thing, and I can't imagine it not being, but if, it, if it's not, turn on this game. You will be highly entertained. There's nothing quite like playoff hockey. It's a completely different uh, sport than anything else that you will watch on television. But when they're watching the Lightning and the Avalanche, in comparison to our beloved Detroit Red Wings, how far away are we? You know, you know, Andy. Like, really, in, in the NHL, like, it, it's it's hard to say this, but it, there there really is not that much difference between teams. Like, like we play all those teams obviously in the regular season, and and you know, and, and during the stages of the games, like we're we're better than they are at times, and, and then other just not long enough times. Like, and and again, they, like we spoke about earlier, they've got that sort of resilience, and they've got that knowledge that they can get to another level or change things in the course of a game, and usually come back to beat you or whatever, but. Um, no, I, I don't think it takes a whole lot, you know, and I, I, I think the Wings now, I think it's six years we've missed the playoffs. I, I, I think things are going to change this summer, and again, that's just my opinion. I have no knowledge on that. I just, but I think we'll add a couple of guys and, you know, into the roster we have, which is getting stronger and got and numerous draft picks again. I think we got seven in the first four rounds and with the second lowest salary cap in the NHL, so we've got cap space, so we can make deals, so... I think we have to add a couple of guys. I think we need help back on the blue line. I think we need two NHL defensemen that are currently playing in the NHL. Um, we have to get them through, you know, trade. Uh, free agency is, you know, it's it's it can be good, but uh, I like guys. If if you're, I like guys with term on a contract, so you know they're going to be here. Um, and then a goalie. We need a goalie, obviously. But up front, I mean, we got like 14 NHL forwards right now. Like, so we've got a lot of forwards, so which is good. But we can also use some of those forwards. Maybe you get you know, somebody else, and, and then free agency. But I'm not a big free agency guy, like big massive contracts for guys, like uh, long-term contracts. But there's a couple guys out there. Makaya from Toronto's a forward. Uh, Petrano, the Rangers are good. They're low-priced guys. But I'd like to see the fence turned over. We had the second most goals allowed in the NHL last year, so we've got to change that. We've got to get much better defensively. But I like this uh, Jeff Checklin kid in, in Arizona, and then, of course, Jeff Petrie's a Detroit native. Guys like that that have term on their contract. And I don't think it would take much. I don't think it's to turn it around the other way. And I really think the Wings are really going to push for a playoff spot this year. But so are Ottawa, Buffalo, Montreal, all in the same division that didn't make the playoffs. It's so difficult even to make the playoffs. But once you get the machine rolling, like it, it just, I don't know how to say it, but it just starts to feed off itself. And, and you just start to win more games. And, and the more you win, it, it's, it gives you the confidence to win even more games. Like it, um, so I, I think this is a turnaround year for the Rebels. I'm sorry for the long answer, Paul. Paul it's a uh, this might be a really I- impossible question. Uh, I, I'm not really sure if there's a a direct answer to this one, but it felt like the Wings. You know, they'd win a couple, lose a couple, lose four, win three. It was kind of back and forth all season, and then March hit, and we get to the final third of the season, and it like the wheels just fell off the bus, and it wasn't the fact that they were just losing a couple games like a 3 to 1 or or a 2 to 1 in overtime like they were getting bombed 7 to 5 11 to 2 uh, 10 to 7 i mean it was just an absolute disaster the final third of the season like what happened well you know i i, I think they you know they made trades of a deadline i think Letty's going definitely you know 
he didn't play that well for us. Like he wasn't a great year for Nick Levy in Detroit, but he he just you know he played well when he got uh, traded. I mean, he was good for St. Louis Blues, and you know he made a difference for them in the playoffs. So you know, I just think on the blue line, I just don't think we are strong at the blue line. Every injuries up front, that Fabry injury it hurt us as well. But you know, when you look at uh, our forwards, you've got Larkin, Bertuzzi, and Raymond at the top line, and then you've got Pulis Suter now and. And, and Fabry on, on that second line with Jacob Verona, who was out for you know most of the year. Like those those top two lines are pretty good. Like we're good at the forward, and, and Rasmussen I thought was really good and much better in the second half of the season. So that's uh, something to build on as well. Zadina so was actually coming on before he got injured. Uh, but I think just uh, the trade uh, deadline hurt us, and then you know injuries going down the stretch. Um, but again, we just got to get much tighter defensively. And again, the, the, the coaching hire is going to be obviously critically important. And I'm really just hoping, and again, just in my opinion, and what I'm looking for is just a veteran, uh, defensive-minded coach. And we start, Anthony, start uh, gaining our, our, our offense, understanding how we can gain offense off our defense. Like, once you understand that playing in the NHL, that one will give you the other, and you don't have to rush it. You don't have to hurry it. You just have to stay in the game and stay focused. And just don't let them score and then feed off their mistakes. And it's almost what the other teams seem to do to us. Paul Woods, is there a, uh, you mentioned the coaching, and obviously there was a change there with, uh, you know, with Jeff Blashill and his contract not being renewed. So no coach uh, has been hired yet by Steve Eiserman. Is there a guy that you, that piques your interest maybe more than others? Uh, Sergey Fedorov's name is floating around out there. Talk about getting a gang back together. Uh, that gets me excited, obviously, for, you know, like I said, to date me back to my childhood now. Uh, but is there a name that you look at and you're like, yeah, no, th- this guy, th- this might work. This, this might be a good fit. There's a lot of guys out there that would fit, I think. But I mean, but yeah, Sergey's interesting because, you know, he, he understands like both sides of the puck. Like he understands like that he was the best defensive player in the NHL. He was a you know, great offensive player, obviously at the same time. And like that's hard to do, but he understands and respects both sides of it. So that's good. Now, I'm not sure what he's been doing these last years as far as coaching, you know, and stuff. So the guys that do it for a living, you know, and and the same for a living. But I, but I like guys like like Barry Trotz and uh, Pete Bohr, like a fire by the Vegas uh, Golden Knights. I, I like guys. I think right now, uh, in my opinion, with you know. They can come in and, and who are good defensively and can, can change that defensive side like right away, and um, that would be important to me. But again, like you know, I'm when I watch the games, I'm, I'm watching the entire game and I'm watching you know what's happening in the league. And these guys do it for a living, like these pro scouts and stuff. When they go to watch games, they're specifically looking at one or two players and watching every little thing they do. Of course, they have the knowledge, you know, from you know the interaction with uh, the GMs and what the coaches are doing and, and which guy and stuff. So they have much more knowledge to work off of. But uh, I have total comments, obviously, in Steve Eisenhower, what he's done and what he did in Tampa and what he's going to do here. So it's going to be a happy ending for Red Wing fans. But I'm just hoping, like, this is the year we start really, really pushing for that playoff spot. He is Paul Woods, radio analyst for the Detroit Red Wings and the Red Wings Radio Network and also a Red Wings alum. Uncle Paul, my friend, thank you so much for your time today, partner. We greatly appreciate it. Always a pleasure, guys. I'm up in Canada right now, but I'm heading up to northern Michigan today, and I listen to you guys each morning up there, so keep up the good work. Fantastic. Thank you very much, and safe travels to you, my friend. All right, thanks. See ya. There he goes, Paul Woods. That's all for us today. See you tomorrow, same time, same place, right here on Exes and Bros on the Michigan Sports Network.